Hey guys, and welcome back to Culture Plus Kingdom and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am your host, Tamira. I'm excited to announce our podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, and this platform here, Anchor. We're about to get ready to listen to part two of the interview with Antoinette Davis. We're talking about investing into your business, marketing, and asking God for exactly what you want. Asking him and saying intentional prayers. We're pouring into people so that it can come back to us tenfold. So let's jump right in. Cars that you can get from stables. They send you all these things already done. Mm-hmm. But you've paid them $4,000 to $5,000. And they're sending you all the marketing tools that you have, have gotten from Staples or Vistaprint. So instead of just being an author, I made myself a brand. I wanted to brand my company. It's a pleasure. Yes. So I would do t-shirts. I would do bags. I did the bookmarkers because I wasn't just an author now. Now I'm a brand. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do anything long-term, you have to brand yourself so people can know, oh, that's, I know who that belongs to. You know, I had to get a logo that I wanted, when people see it like McDonald's, you know, that's a McDonald's around the corner because you see the big M. Right. <laughs> my logo. Oh, Internet Davis wrote that book, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Antoinette Davis is going to be at this event because they see my logo. Right. So you have to definitely build yourself as a brand, regardless of what um, you plan to do. And I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, But do you think sometimes people put um, too much focus on, I would say, um, building the brand versus um, building the product? Or because you can have like a beautiful, pretty logo, um, you know, nice, pretty bags or books. But if the product isn't good, you know, um, then what? Do you think that a lot of times people invest a lot of money into the wrong things? That's hard to say. Um, my son is a first time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And... He, he wants his product to be top-notch, but right. it's not marketing. Okay. So you have to have a balance. Mm-hmm. You cannot focus on just one thing. Okay. Your brand has to get 50% of you, mm-hmm. and your marketing has to get 50% of you. Mm-hmm. You cannot do a 60-40, period, in my opinion. Okay. Because something is going to slack. Right. So if I got this awesome product, but nobody knows, I know. But nobody else knows. My mm-hmm. little circle knows. But nobody else knows. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Or I'm doing all of this marketing. And then people are saying, oh, this is no good. This is not going to work. Um, I don't like what I'm reading. Or I don't like what the, what the product is. It's too cheap. It's too, it just doesn't smell good. Whatever the case may be, but you've done all of this marketing to get people in. Right. Now you have a bad reputation. Right. And just like you marketed to, to people to get them to come in, mm-hmm. oh, now they're leaving the reviews. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying, you know, it's no good. You have to monitor what people are saying. You have to have a platform where people can leave a review. That's very, very important. Because everyone is leaving a review now. Right. I mean, you can go everywhere, you know, you can leave a review. And reviews tell people if you're good or you're bad. That's true because I know before I do, like, go to get a hotel or eat at a restaurant sometimes or even just buy a new product, something that I, you know, want to try but not sure how it's going to work, I read reviews. So I definitely agree with that. I stick to reviews. I'm like the number one person. Now, I don't really leave reviews. Like, you really have to um, make an, a lasting impression on me or I really have to, like, I guess, resonate with whatever it is that you're selling or you said or I read. That's the only way um, I'll leave a review. And I don't tend to leave bad reviews. You know, I know some people that if they have a, a bad experience, different places, they'll, you know, run to... um 
what is the place where everyone leaves the reviews? I can't think of the name right now. Is it Yelp? Yes. And I don't do that only because, you know, I think sometimes you might have, like, had in a bad bad experience but like with those reviews they stick around forever you know it's hard to get those reviews off even if you leave like a bad facebook review like on someone's business page um you know i think like i just what that's damaging you know that can deter a lot of business and you never know maybe it was just an off day maybe it was just you know you might have a bad experience for whatever reason i think sometimes people just run to the to leave bad reviews and it can hinder a business you know, and a success of a business on just a bad review. You know, maybe right. that's just me, but I just think that sometimes I I don't do it. I just don't leave bad reviews. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree, and you know, I've I've had a average review okay. on a book, and I just saw it recently, actually. Okay. And so I reached out to the person, actually um, replied to the review, and apologized, you know, for how they felt about the book, and I offered them a free book. Oh wow. So, uh, reviews help you check yourself. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I agree. And I think if you, you know how, like you, you want your brain to be a certain way. You want your readers to be satisfied, to keep coming back, to always know. Okay, Antoinette is about to publish another book. It's going to be hot. I can't wait. So you, you know, that's what you always want your readers to have that impression. So by you coming back and and replying and and sending them a a um another book, you know that's good on your part on your part because that you know you're trying to establish this relationship with your you know your viewers and you want them to to know that that okay you didn't like this so next time when you come and make sure the book is better or you know what can I change and a lot of you know authors won't do that you know they're like okay this is my art this is my form if you don't like it then don't you know come back again so right. and so that's how you keep a relationship with um with your re- that's how i keep a relationship with my readers mm-hmm. and i do have people and i'm so happy to say that i have people who do um they can't wait for the next book to right. come out i mean but they think i can write a book like they may read it and two, three hours, four hours. Mm-hmm. And they think I can write it in four hours. <laughs> Sometimes it <laughs> takes me four months, six months, a year. Right. And what I also will say to authors is, um, new authors, writer's block is real. Mm-hmm. It is real. Mm-hmm. And what I no longer call it writer's block. Okay. I call it FMLA. <laughs> <laughs> my time family medical leave okay family leave. <laughs> you know, it's, it's my time to either take a vacation um take care of me and just walk away from it mm-hmm. and before i write a book i start a new book um i always say a prayer because i need god to get the glory i need for god to remove me and show up in every book Mm-hmm. Wow! And um, that brings me to a book I'm writing right now called "The Way I See It," and hopefully it'll be finished before May first. And it's about racism. It's about a young lady, um, how she views the world um, in racism. She's prejudiced, and the book is raw. It's the rawest book um, that I've ever written, and. Mm. I'm, she, she is hate in this book. She actually, she's African-American and, and she's saying, I hate white people. And so I'm going places that I've never been. And Mm. I really have to pray and ask God, what, where do you want this book to go? Mm. I have taken away chapters because it wasn't going in a direction where God was, was getting the glory. And so I had to take it back mm-hmm. and I was, that's fine. You're going to find times where you write something and you know, you, you go outside or you go somewhere and it hits you. Boom. No, I got to take that back. That's not how I want to go. Right. You want your people to jump off the page. You literally want to be in that book where you know, those characters, they, they're like your sister, your brother, your girlfriend, 
your boyfriend, you know, your coworker, mm-hmm. and you can draw people in like that. And so with this book, I hope to draw people in. Mm-hmm. And the way it starts out, it is about hate, hatred, and this one person's hatred for for white people and how she view white people and politics. But towards the end, it changes hmm. without giving it all away. Okay. <laughs> it gradually, um, you gradually start to see a change mm-hmm. in her. And that book is personal because I wrote it about me. Mm. Because my friends t- tell me all the time that I'm prejudiced. And I didn't think that I was. I felt that I was for my people. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. But when you're for your people, it doesn't give you the right that I'm learning (laughs) to hate another or dislike. I'm not going to say hate because I don't have hate in my heart. Um, To dislike another group of people regardless of what and how they treat you. Mm -hmm. And understanding that as a a woman of God, I really felt prejudice. I really felt like I don't like them. I'm not going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even hold a door mm-hmm. if they were coming out or in. I just would not give anything. I wouldn't be polite. I was just I didn't I did not like them. But through my journey of writing this book, I'm learning that I don't have to like them, but I do have to love them. And I do have to show love regardless. Right, right. So finding myself holding doors, holding conversations, smiling. I would never smile to a white person. If they didn't smile first, I wouldn't. Mm. And even if they did smile, I wouldn't smile back. Mm. I would walk towards them and wouldn't say hello. Wait for them to say hello, and then I would say hello. And so... This writing this book is transforming me, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And do you also think that that's God is also transforming you too? Because you know how that's how you know. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Because um, every time I sit down to write, <laughs> God just show Himself. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um, you know, it, it shows the checks and balances. And I am and I can honestly say that my heart is changing, even with the current situation with, um, you know, politically. Um, I'm still finding that, that there are some good people out here. And right now I live in the South. Okay. So, yeah, seeing a Confederate flag is... Is normal. And what part of the South are you in now? I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I see a Confederate flag every now and then. You know, have Mm -hmm. a neighbor with a Confederate flag waving high. Mm. And it only, you know, when I first moved here, it only fueled my prejudices. Okay. But writing this book, I can overlook that. Right. I'm bigger than that. Right. You know, and the God I serve is bigger than that. He's bigger than um, what I see politically. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself of that in order not to fall into this worldly way of thinking. Awesome. Okay. Um, so we kind of talked about, I was going to ask you, what was the definition? What was your definition of success? But um, I don't know. No, I don't think we talked about that one. Okay, so what is your definition of success? Um, my def- it's being self-fulfilled. Self-fulfilled, okay. Right. I can't say it's monetary because you can have all the money in the bank. You, you know, you can make a lot of money, but you're not feeling good about what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like someone tells me they read my book and... It was awesome. It was great. And this is what it meant to me. That's not, I don't feel um, like I want to brag. I feel complete that I carried out the mission. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. So 
that's how I would say success is when you can carry out the mission. Okay, I like that. Okay. And um, so we kind of touched on this, but um, how important do you think having a good support system is to your journey? Do you think it can make or break you? It can only make you. Having a great support system. I have had a great support system since the day I said I wanted to be an author. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, share this story with you because it is about the beginning of the journey and how my support system helped me. Um, in 2012, my grandmother passed away. And I was there when she um, um, passed away. And um, prior to her telling us that she was sick, she gave me her Discover card. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she told me to take as much money as I needed to start my business of writing. Mm-hmm. And she said, I trust that you will pay it back. On that credit card was $10,000. Mm. And at that time, I was trying to go with the big publishing companies. And I didn't want to spend three, four thousand dollars. I felt like God had put more in me, um, as far as being creative. Okay. That I could, there's another way. Right. And so I wanted to find the other way. Um, yes, my grandmother gave me the money, but I didn't want to just say here because I got it. I didn't just want to do that. Right. So I handled that money with care because I did have to pay it back. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, in 2012, when my grandmother um, was taking her last moments, she said to me, I want you to write books, and I want you to write big books, because I believe God has you on assignment. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, <laughs> that meant, you talking about a support system? My grandmother said that at 7 p.m., and she died at 8.45 p.m. Oh, Wow. And I promised her that I was going to write big books. Right. And that I was going to have the message in there that was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that I would not let her down. So having a great support system is everything. I belong to Elks of the World. um, And it is a um, sorority. My very first book signing, I had it at... Um, the lodge on Madison Avenue. Okay. And it was a big to do. It was my very first book signing. Everyone was there from the lodge. Every female, every male. That day I sold 60 books. Mm. I made $777. And I'm not kidding you. I made $777. That's what I walked away with. In one day. That's awesome. In one day. Right. And everybody was there to support me. My friends came. It was a party. Right. You know, my my mother went all out. We had food. I was signing books. And um, um, it was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it was my very first book, Let the Truth Be Told. I got so much feedback from that book. Mm. Men, mainly. Right. (laughs) uh, Because of the content of the book. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was on my way. I knew at that moment that I was unstoppable because of that support system. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that the, the Elks that I belong to, every time I have a new book, I'm guaranteed to sell 20 there 20 off the top wow and one lady told me i don't read the books i know you're going to be famous i'm saving these books for my grandchildren Mm. (laughs) okay (laughs) not everyone let me say this it's not important to have a buyer someone who loves your product Mm. it's important to have someone who supports your product right so say i buy a dress from your store Mm -hmm. i may never wear it Mm -hmm. i liked it so i bought it Mm -hmm. but i may never wear it i may come into your store once a month and buy a hat 
um, a pair of socks or um, a skirt, something. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm going to wear it. I may just give it away as a gift. Mm -hmm. What's important is a supporter. Right. And I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, I may say, did you read my book? No, I haven't read it yet. And I learned not to get in my feelings. Mm-hmm. They purchase it. They can read it when they get ready. I right. have clothes in my closet with tags on it. Right. Someone's coming and said, Did you wear that yet? Did you wear that yet? <laughs> They're not. <laughs> so is you can't get caught up in your feelings because someone hasn't read your book yet or someone hasn't worn something that they bought from you. Mm-hmm. The main thing is that they supported you. They support, right. And that's and that's what we need as 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 you know, entrepreneurs, um, small businesses definitely need to support because this is what a lot of people sustain their family off of, you know? Right. So definitely, I definitely agree with that, that that's what we need. And not only um, is it something that they support their family, we, and I say we as African-Americans, and, and if, if you need me to be broader, I can definitely be broader. Mm-hmm. What we need to understand is what I learned, and I'm 53 years old, I stopped buying designer clothes. I gave away all my designer bags, every last one of them. And I've made, paid a lot of money for those bags. Mm-hmm. I gave them all away, mm-hmm. free. And my mindset right now, and it had I had this mindset at 20, I would be a billionaire. My mindset at 53 is, I don't know those people. They're rich. They got nice bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have that Burberry bag. Mm-hmm. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. That makes me look like I have money. Mm-hmm. I want to have, have money. money. Right. I don't want to look like I got it. Right. right. I actually want to have it. So what I paid for that Burberry bag, I could have had that money in my bank account. Mm-hmm. So I'm out here looking like $1,400, and I don't even have a CD for my children to get when 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 I when I leave this earth. I, I, I left them no investments. Right. I known that at 25 when I had to rock the baddest pair of shoes, the nice dress, I would be a billionaire right now. Mm-hmm. So supporting your business and saying that I can buy a $50 dress. Mm-hmm. I can. And you know what? I actually know you. Mm-hmm. You're someone that I can put my hands on and I can walk in your store. I commend um, and just to drop a few names. Nene Leakes is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She has opened three stores. Mm-hmm. And would I buy from her because her name is, because she's Nene Leakes? No. Mm-hmm. I would buy from her to support her. Okay. Because of because she's in the our community. Right. So I would support her. So I'm not saying that you have to own um, three stores for me to support you. I'm telling you, I'm going to support you because I can put my hands on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. we tend to walk away from that and devalue people that we know and mm-hmm. give more value to people we don't know. Right. If I could say that a million times, I would. And I, so. I definitely agree. And and it was just, I was telling my one of my friends, because, you know, people who know me know I've always been into fashion, always. You know, that's why, um, you know, I, I wanted to open up a store. And, um, you know, I, I used to joke with people and say, oh, when I get, you know, like that first bag, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. And, you know, it was always the high designer stuff. You know, like, when I get that first bag, I'm going to, you know, do this. And meaning uh, bag, meaning money. You know what I mean? That's the slang. So, meaning when I get, like, that first um, ton of money, I'm going to buy this, this, that, and that. And it was all, you know, um, Italian designers, you know. And then I thought about it. When I started to become, you know my entrepreneur myself and then I started to look at different designers you know independent black designers and they had stuff that was just as nice you know and they were out here struggling to get seen because of the fact that everyone everyone wants to wear a Gucci Prada Chanel and 
Louis uh-huh. Vuitton without supporting, you know, the um black owned businesses. I said, Oh no, when I get my first, you know, uh, make that first couple of, you know, a couple of thousands, whatever, you know, whatever I say, um, I'm going to support these black designers that have, you know, and, and they're not cheap, you know, their stuff is, but I can understand the process of, you know, their manufacturing their product, um, you know, yes. the, 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 the time it takes into it. So, you know, now I understand all that. So that's why the price point is high. But I feel better about myself supporting them because I feel as though just because I have a boutique, I'm not a designer, but we're in the same boat. You know, we're in this together. So, right. yeah, that's why I said, you know, and I have a whole list of black designers that, you know, I want to support, you know, when I when it's feasible, when I when I can afford to drop some thousands on just going shopping and buying expensive things. So and you brought up a very good point. Okay. <laughs> about oh goodness, keep talking because my mind just went. But you said something that I was going to chime into. Okay. About um, your business and supporting. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. So also, you'll probably you'll remember it probably as we, as we as we um okay so let's um get into that the next question um well we kind of talked about it's like we're, we're talking about things you know so organically that the questions it's funny because the questions are falling right in line to okay. things that we already talked about but um I'll ask, how does your faith and relationship with God help during tough times, times when you don't think it's possible to keep going? It's a big part of it. Um, Right now, I'm trying to transition into plays and movies. And recently, I was starting to feel like I'm not, why, why is it not taking off? Why, you know, my book is not a movie yet. Why? I don't want to have to die in order, you know, for my book to become a movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it was getting, my mindset was, getting, it was getting depressing, to be perfectly honest with you. And then I was reminded, God never told me I would be a billionaire. He just told me what to do. Mm. He never told me that I would have thousands of dollars in a bank. Right. He just gave me my mission. Mm-hmm. It was me who wanted the movie, the fame, and everything that went with it. Mm-hmm. That's not something that was that I asked for. And so I asked for it. I asked God to elevate me mm-hmm. and to keep me humble. And why do I want a movie? Because I can't just want it for fame and fortune because that's vain. Right. Because I have a story because you put this in me and it's a story to be told. So I wanted to, I I don't want it just in a book. I want it to come alive. Mm -hmm. So reminding, being mindful of asking you have not because you ask not. I ask God, what do you want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. So he gives me this this platform to write. And I did it. But I never said, God, I want to take it to another level. I want you to take what you've given me to higher heights. I never asked for that. Right. So I had to ask for it. Right. Well, I would have stayed stagnated. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, I ask for these things. And sometimes, you know, I remember my pastor in Baltimore saying, we never ask for things for ourselves. We just assume that it's, we're going to get it. Mm. And you just can't assume <laughs> that you're going to get it. Even though God knows your heart and your mind, you have to speak it into what? existence. Exactly. Therefore, I'm saying, God, I, I want this book to be a movie. Right. God, I want this book to be a play. It needs to have a bigger platform. Right. People, his eyes are on a sparrow is so heartfelt mm-hmm. that it cannot just rest in a book. 
People need to see it. So I'm asking God for the things that I want. And not that I want it just for me. I want it for a broader audience and for me. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be ashamed to want things. I agree. And, and sometimes I would say this to a new entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask God for success. You want to be successful. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask God for it. Just remember to be humble. Yep. Remember to give back. So if someone asks me, Antoinette, you know yourself, mm-hmm. can I talk to you about doing such and such? Mm-hmm. I said, sure. Because in, on my journey, somebody gave back to me. Somebody, get, they, they poured into me. Mm-hmm. And so I know I have to do that to other, for other people. Mm-hmm. So yes, my spirituality plays a very important part because People may not admit it, but I'm going to say it. There have been times that I have become depressed because it wasn't, I wasn't where I thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And it was depressing me. And there were times that, yes, I wanted to give up and just stop. I'm not writing another book. Mm-hmm. Let me find something else to do. But when you ask God, what do you want me to do? Right. You can't find something else to do. Nope. That's your divine purpose. He already then, you know, made that path for you to follow. So, yeah, that's that's the path that you need to be on. And I will, and I do agree with everything that you just said, like, wholeheartedly. And I will testify that you will help people. Because, like I said, when I was, you know emails you you didn't know me from anywhere well when i sent you that message on facebook i don't even know how we became friends but you i sent you that message and you know you sat down with me we talked on the phone for an hour about the whole thing even though you know it never went um you know past that because of me but you know you still sat down with me took your time to talk to me and you know offered to help me and i'll be forever grateful for that because you know a lot of people won't do that you know, they won't take the time to do that. So I, I can honestly tell you that um, people did help me. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, didn't have time for me. Um, when I wrote my first poetry book, it was called Ascent Just For Her. And it was very spiritual. And I wrote that book because I was coming out of a relationship that broke me. Mm-hmm. I mean, broke me. And so, um, I thought broke me. Right. Let me change that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought it broke me. But because of that relationship, I went to God and said, what do you want to do with my life? Because I was hurting inside. And I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm like, what you got for me? Because I can't just die like this. You right. know, you, you need to use me. Right. So, out of that broken relationship came the writing mm. came my first poetry book um i actually went to um have 600 and i said to the guy he was a marketing guy his name was george mccready he doesn't work anymore mm-hmm. i said to him i wrote this book and i want to market it he sat down with me man this is amazing he sat down with me he said this is good have you ever thought about putting it to music i said no he said well, i'm gonna put you in a studio he put me in the studio for free. Mm. I didn't have to pay for studio time. I didn't never. I didn't even know where a studio was. It was in the heart of the hood. This guy had turned a, an apartment, a house, into a studio. I mean, literally, it was off of Park Heights. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, in the hood. Right. Okay? Right. And uh, I'm like, this cannot be real. This cannot be a studio. But when you go inside, mm. you're literally in a studio with a mic and you know everything you see on empire Mm -hmm. that's literally how it was for me and you'll be surprised i don't mean to cut you off but you'll be surprised because my little brother's into like rapping now and he was telling me like all these little studios is here and i never thought of it so i definitely i i agree that you know you would be surprised what a studio is and what it looks like on the outside until you go in the inside 
Yeah, and they they were nice enough. Then the guy who um who let who put me in the studio, another guy, um, they were working together. He actually worked at Heaven Six Hundred too. Okay. So um, I went into the studio and they put the music to it, and they treated me like a <laughs> like a real um person to do poetry. I was really flowing. When I messed up, they would come in there and say, "You're not doing this right. You're not getting it right. You're not loud enough." You're not, and I'm like. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, you know, my mother was there, you know, saying, you got to get this together. I remember crying in the studio. And when I, the guy made me cry. Oh, <laughs> he wow. made me cry because, you know, the things that he was saying, you know, you don't sound like you mean this. You wrote this. When I went back in that studio with them tears strolling down my face, I killed it. <laughs> I literally right. killed it. He said, that's what I'm talking about. That's the passion we need right. to I'm like, oh my goodness. And Heaven 600, they told me about this lady who had a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And her name was um, Miss Ruth mm-hmm. on Rice's Town Road. And I went to Miss Ruth with a, with a box of my books. And I asked her, could I put my books in her store? Mm-hmm. The poetry book had literally 25 pages in it. Mm-hmm. But it was for women. And it was of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. She said, well, let me read the book and I'll let you know. She called me back in two days later. She said, yes, you can have your book in my store. We'll do a, a 60-40 split. She said, I'm going to do your first book signing for you. Mm-hmm. She bought all the food. Um, we had balloons, everything. Mm-hmm. and people came she invited people I invited people and people came and I actually you know what that was my actually first book signing for my um, for my poetry book okay. the other was for my novel Okay. and whenever I wanted to have a book signing at Miss Ruth's um, store mm-hmm. she would allow me to and I would sit outside, I set a table up. I'll never forget it, right before Mother's Day. I set a table up. I had my um, my T-shirt on that said, I sent just for her. Mm-hmm. So people were just walking up. People came in their cars, and they said, I see you sitting out here, so you must be selling something, so I want to support you. I remember my arms were blacker than me because I was sitting out there in the sun with no umbrella <laughs> in front of her store. Right. Or Righteous Town Road. Mm-hmm. That's someone who invested in me. Right. And I will be forever grateful. Mm-hmm. So giving back is in my nature. I would be robbing myself if mm-hmm. I didn't give back. Right. And, you know, entrepreneurs need to think in, in that way that if you take a if you get a step further than you thought you would be mm-hmm. don't ever forget to look back mm-hmm. because it's what's back there is going to propel you to the next level mm. i like that i agree i definitely agree and i and so i would say i would say that you definitely agree with um you have to build a team well build a team you know you can't do it by yourself because i think a lot of um entrepreneurs believe that you know i would say from the culture that i that i'm living in right now meaning my age group and and they're thinking you know it's cool to say i i i i i i built this brand i did this i did that but what they don't tell is the people that they have helping them, you know, and, right. and that's what you figure out that you have people along the way. Now, it might not be somebody investing thousands of dollars into your business or, you know, um, giving you a lot of money, um, you know, to get published. But it's but it's the little people, I would say that like like the Miss Ruth's, um, you know, like your grandmother, like, you know, people that willing to give it all to see us succeed and propel to the next level you know and a lot of times um we don't i I think as being entrepreneurs and i think as trying to establish brands and companies we don't recognize that enough you know we always look for more 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 and and don't look for for the value that people give us along the way that that helps and propel us to the next level and um absolutely 
Absolutely. And I still have a team to this day. Mm. I, um, when I go on my book signings, I take my cousin. She handles all the money. She sets up and she breaks down. Okay. Um, so, and I call her my lucky job. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she actually uh, gave me the name for uh, Let the Truth Be Told. So, um, she's part of my team. My mother's part of my team. My mother had a lot to offer when I didn't, you know, I didn't think she did, mm-hmm. but she really had more to offer um, as far as handling my money mm-hmm. because you do need someone that you trust right. to tell you, well, you're not going to make any money if you do this. Mm-hmm. So to tell you how to think, you know, because sometimes we get caught up in our own thinking, thinking, you know, I, I can, well, I know I'll, I'll do it this way, but my mother always says, you know, tells me, you know, what's best for the business. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have a team. Okay. And I can say when my son started his business, he didn't want anybody to do anything, especially me. Mm. And the reason why he didn't is because he was raised by me and me only. So young boys who grow up to be men by with a single parent, mm-hmm. they tend to want to take their manhood. They want to take it back. You know, like I'm a man mm. and I don't want my mother who raised me to help me. Okay. And so he didn't want anything from me. <laughs> he didn't want me to help him whatsoever. I wanted to invest in his business. He said no, mm-hmm. but he was looking at it as me, as mommy and not, I'm, I'm a supporter, right. you know? So um, when he had his very first pop-up shop for his brand, mm-hmm. um, I went. Me and my mother went, and I made a purchase. So I said, do you have a Facebook page for this? He said, no. I said, do you have a website? He said, no. Well, I'm very fluent on a computer, so I know how to do all these things. And I know people mm-hmm. who know how to do these things. My very first website, someone did it for me for free. Mm. So, um, cause he, he wanted to invest in my business. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did all those things for my son and, and I told him why I wanted to be on board. And he said, he, he admitted that he did not want my help. He said, I want to do this by myself. I said, you are doing it by yourself, but everybody needs a team. Right. I'm not going to tell you what, to do, but I am going to assist you in becoming what you want to get out of this brand. Right. So little by little, he started to incorporate me. And now I get the phone call. We have meetings every single Monday at 7 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. He calls me when something is about, I I do all of his, um, I do his ordering of supplies. I do his emails. Uh, He's on We Buy Black. I put him on that platform. Um, I do everything for him. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to be on Amazon, so I'm working to put him on Amazon. I, when I moved to North Carolina, I bought his vision. I brought his vision here. So now his um, his cosmetics are set up in a barbershop. I mm-hmm. passed out flyers at uh, at the mall, put them on people's cars in North Carolina. I went to Home Depot and handed out flyers to men. Mm-hmm. You know, so I work for my son. And I he know paid- that's right. He actually has me on payroll. Okay. <laughs> That's so his way of, of paying sure, you back. <laughs> yes. I make sure his taxes are done. I mm-hmm. keep all of his inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, I do everything for him. I am. I tell him how much money he will have in the bank at the end of the week. Okay. Yes. So he went from not wanting me to do anything to now I make it happen. Right. You controlling and, the business. He just he just I the creative. Yeah, he just the it's creative. Like <laughs> I control his business. Mm-hmm. I he just called me and said, I need you to do a fly. And he has my money. He has the cash at me every single Saturday before one o'clock PM. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I say, you know, he has me on payroll. Right. 
when I go to book signings and my cousin, I pay her $20 an hour. Okay. I do not devalue her being there. Mm-hmm. She works a full-time job Monday through Friday. She works for me on Saturdays doing book signings. Mm-hmm. And I pay her $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. If I'm there for four to six hours, she's making $20 an hour. And let me tell you, she tell people, I'm working that day. <laughs> so... She does not, uh, she considers what she do for me a job, and that's what I want to do. Right, and that's, and that's, and that's great because that you have that, and, and it, you know, um, you help your son, you have your cousin that helps you. That's awesome because it's like, I will, I'll bring this up. Um, it's funny because once, you know, I have, a, I have friends that do a lot, that's very talented, that do a lot of different things. And one of my best friends, she um, is a licensed esthetician and she also does makeup. So um, when I was having like my photo shoots preparing for my website, I had her come along and um, I had her come along and do the makeup. Now she did it for me, you know, a couple times for free. And then another time, you know, um, I had asked her to do like I was having a fashion show um, when I was located at the mall. And so, you know, she had gave me a price. And I would say, and I was like, I just was kind of thrown back. Like, well, you know, she know I'm a new entrepreneur. Why is she giving me a price? Like, I can't afford that. But, you know, instead of me going to talk to her, you know, I was like in my feelings about the whole thing. So then, you know, um, once I, I had somebody else had offered to do the makeup for free. Another person that worked in a mall with me. So, um... Later, I talked to my friend about it, and she said, you know, of course, I will help you out. She was like, I just wanted to for you to show me that, you know, you respected my craft. You respected the value that I bring, you know, just to offer me something. And I felt terrible because, you know, I was like, I'm always worried about somebody respecting me and, you know, valuing my worth. And here it is, you know, I have a friend that's willing to, you know, invest their time, and I didn't even think enough just to offer something you know I automatically assume that oh well you shouldn't be helping me out for free because you know I'm a you know I'm starting out as an entrepreneur and I don't have the money to pay you you know all these you know all this money for all these uh, models and I just say that to say like a lot of times we get caught up in our own mess sometimes and we don't you know realize um we just don't realize a lot of things like and it's, I don't know, I guess it's good to always have people that can keep you grounded and humble, you know, so that you can always remember, um, you know. Absolutely. Things. And as an entrepreneur, and when we venture out, especially if we use someone, if we hire someone that, that are, looks like we do, um, I feel that we do need to pay them. Yeah. I would, because I know if I went somewhere else, mm-hmm. if I say went to JCPenney and said, you know, I need you know, um, to take pictures mm-hmm. of my models, they're not going to give me a discount. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, um, I have a person that is um, a makeup person mm-hmm. and I have to pay her when I want to do a cover for, um, for a book. Mm-hmm. I have to pay her and I want to pay her mm-hmm. and here's why our money african-american money does not circulate in our community right yeah I read the that Jewish money does 100 percent mm-hmm. the Asian and um the Asian and what you Vietnamese money 90 percent Caucasian money 100 percent African-American money, 5%. Mm. So I want her to stay in business. Right. And in return, she's with whatever I do, I believe she's going to say, you know what, I have a friend that has a boutique or she's an author, you know, something. So I think that we need to think more of, and I understand in the beginning, I'm glad you said that you were in your feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and she said to you, I wanted you to value my word. That was a great, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would really say, share that story with everyone. Because that's something that people need to hear. Because we do reach out to people sometimes thinking, 
Oh, I know them. They're going to do it for free. Mm -hmm. I have, if no one can ask me for a free book, I will not do it. Mm -hmm. I will offer a free book, but you cannot ask Ask me. me. Right. I will not do it. And I don't care who you are. My mother pays for every book she gets. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. I have two sons. They pay for their books. Mm Mm-hmm. And people may, you know, that's your mother. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? My mother works for me. Right. When she's, when I call on her as a consultant mm-hmm. for, you know, how I, you know, am I going to make a profit off of this? She also does it for my son. We pay her. Right. She's, she's at home retired. She keeps the numbers together. You're not making enough. You're going to lose money on this. We need her to keep us grounded on that. Therefore, we pay her. So she's going to buy a book. If it's fifteen ninety nine plus tax, she's going to give me that money. <laughs> yeah, my mom has bought says, my mom has bought things for me too, and my grandmother. I gave them things yeah. too, but yeah, they bought stuff for me too. And and they should want to to support mm-hmm. you. They did because yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the way it should be. And and my friends, I can honestly say my friends, my true supportive friends, right. Never ask me for a free book. And I have friends who have bought every single book, can't wait for the next one to come out, mm-hmm. will call me, call me, call me, will call me three, four o'clock in the morning and say, I just finished that book. Girl, you have, you lost your mind. Or, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. So they pay for everything. They've never, ever asked me for a free book. Mm-hmm. And yet I have given out free books. All I've right. given out free t-shirts at book signings. So you pick and choose when, and you'll be led by the by the spirit. Right. You know I want to um I want to support this person. I want to um I'm going to give you if you have jewelry in your um in your boutique, you know I want to give you a free pair of earrings. Mm-hmm. That's your decision. Right. No one should come there and say, "Girl, this is forty dollars. Don't you think it should be twenty five? No, I do not. Do you think your salary should be $7 an hour? Right. Or do you think you should be paying you $15 an hour or $20 an hour? Right. Maybe this is not the store for you. And that's mm-hmm. something that everybody got to learn because I definitely will tackle that on a later podcast. But, yeah, you know, um, that knowing your worth and, and your price and sticking to your price and not being so eager just to sell something. Because people will right. try their hand and they will... And, you know, I when I first went to the mall, that's exactly what I had to deal with. You know, people saying, oh, well, I'll give you this for it. You know, like it was a bargain. Like we were at the flea market. Yeah, I'm not, because, and, I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It didn't start today. It didn't start five years ago. It didn't start 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It started years probably before you and I even hit the earth. Right. That we always look for our people to give us a handout mm-hmm. because back in the day it was a barter system mm-hmm. before you and i came along you know right. i'll give you this and you give me that and then you know this is how we're going to make it and after the barter system you know when um, african americans start making money then people felt like well the white man is already overcharging me the least you can do is give me a deal mm-hmm. no Yes, they are overcharging you. I'm not overcharging you, therefore you should pay this. Right. <laughs> so, and I um, agree. our people just have that mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, going back to what I first said, it was that my people will never be poor. Mm-hmm. I want to show us in a different light. Right. We don't have to, we don't have to bargain. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have to, I should be able to walk in your store and you say, um, I look at the price and say, you know what, I'm going to buy this. Not bargain because you're African-American. Right. You know, and we just have to get out of that mindset to do that. I'm in I'm in African-American um, bookstores, and when they tell me it's 60-40 split, I pay it. Mm-hmm. Because in Barnes & Noble, it's a 60-40 split, and guess what? They don't even carry the books, our books, in their store. You have to order them through Barnes and Nobles, through their online site. Mm. So, if I have a bookstore that is in the community, and they're giving me a 60-40 split, Amazon is giving me a 70-30 split. Mm -hmm. 
community, I'm going to still, um, I want my book in the community. Right. I'm, yes. I'm going to keep it in the community. They're marketing for me. Mm-hmm. When I call the bookstore and I say, can you put my books on sale? Because I do have sales. <laughs> I have 20% off. Uh, sometimes I have 50% off. Okay. The summertime's coming, so my books will be on sale because people don't like to read in the summer. Hmm. So I go and change my prices. Does it mean I'm making less money because my, my yeah, it is, but that's okay. Right. I guess it's because just the market making less money than no money. Right. And I guess it's just the business, you know, that's just the, you know, the shift of business. That's another mm-hmm. thing you have, you know, a lot of people have to learn. Okay. We've been, um, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh no. no. I mean, see, and this is what I wanted. I wanted the, the interview to go organically and it's, it's, it definitely has happened. Um, but we are like at the mark almost. So I just want to ask you, um, to have like, uh, two more questions. Your, my first okay. question, well, it's crazy because I swear to you, and I'm not making this up. I wish I can screenshot and send you, like, the um all the questions I typed up. You actually answered almost every question without me asking you. Because one of the questions were, do you ever think about turning one of your books into a short film or independent movie? And we, we just uh, talked about that, so. I mean, from your mouth. Huh? Yes, I said yes from your mouth. I'm putting it in the atmosphere that this is going to happen. Right. My mother reminds me all the time, did you mail your book? I was very arrogant in the beginning about, you know, my mother would say, I mail it to Oprah, mail it to Tyler. And I said, hey, I'm not going after them. They're going to come looking for me. Oh, wow. Very. I was very <laughs> That was a little too too cocky, okay? <laughs> and now that they have not knocked on my door, um, <laughs> um, there is platforms opening up, like um, Netflix is looking for books to turn into movies. So wow. that's the way, um, um, what's her name? Uh, Viola Davis has opened, um, she has her own production company now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, um, Hill Harper has his own production company, mm-hmm. and so does... Um, P. Diddy, 50 Cent has his own production company, so does LeBron James. So, they they are they are building platforms okay. to, for us to show our movies on maybe um, the internet. Someone can go on the internet and my movie is there, you know, mm-hmm. and they can purchase it off of the internet. Mm-hmm. And what I would say to you as an entrepreneur, and, you know, some people may hear this and not like it, you're giving us a platform to be heard and put our information out there, and you should not do it for free. Oh, me? You talking to me? Oh, okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> you and you know what? This. I agree. I um, I would say this to that is um, t- okay. At first, I never thought about doing a podcast. I've always loved podcasts. I've always listened to them since I since 2014. But I never, that was never really what I wanted to do until recently when I, when I started to focus on my own personal relationship with God and be on a different spiritual journey. And, you know, I started to like read a lot of things that I've written as far as like when I'm studying with God or just, you know, talking to God. I had this book that I write down like my prayers and I, you know, I heard a voice in God telling me, and I know it was him telling me that you have a voice. There's a lot of women out here um, or entrepreneurs, if not women, just entrepreneurs who are going through the same struggling thing you're going through, you know, with their business, with, with, with trying to find out, you know, struggling with if they're if they're going to make it, you know, if their business is going to survive, if they're smart enough, if they're good enough to be in the rooms with certain people. And I've, you know, I said, I'm going to create a platform for entrepreneurs who are going through the same thing I'm going through, but know how to get out of it with faith, you know, and can uplift people that's going through the same journey. So that's why, you know, I decided to do this. And I was talking to someone and they said, well, um, you might not reach a whole lot of people. And I said, that's fine. And they were testing me because what I said was, it doesn't matter. If I can reach one person and know. empower one person and change one person's mindset and outlook, that's my, you know, that's it. That's my job. I'm not looking for to be famous. I'm not looking to be a public speaker. I'm not looking to be any of that. But, you know, if it comes along the way, that's fine. 
but I just want to help and empower, motivate, and touch one person. That's it. And, um, you know, that's why when you said that, oh, did you think I never really thought about it, you know, um, but I'm not saying that it won't happen in the future, you know, but right now I just want to form a community of people that's trying to motivate and help each other, you know, and try to just spread positive positivity and love because we don't have too much of that. You know, it's so much competition. It's so much you can't sit with me. You can't get into this room, you know, and I'm trying to create something that's, that doesn't promote that, basically. Okay. But I'm kind of glad that you see my work, that you think that I probably could, you know, afford oh, to have people. Um... I, mean, I want you to be successful. And you said something in your last comment. Uh-huh. You know, you're not looking to be famous. I said the same thing. And it's not fame that we're asking for. Okay. It's success. Right. And you're not, not successful so you can be vain. Right. We have to keep that in our hearts okay. and our minds. Okay. Not, but... Um, God wants us to be successful. He wants us to. Thank you guys for listening to part two of the interview with Antoinette Davis. Um, Once again, please remember to follow us on Instagram at Culture Kingdom Podcast. Um, If you want to leave me a message, you can on the Anchor platform. I can also add it onto the show to be heard. Also, if you want to contact me, once again, contact me at TamaraKeefe.com. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon.